Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark. This episode of Disability After Dark has been sponsored by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at comeasyouare.com with coupon code after dark. Do you want to talk with me around sex and disability on Twitter? Follow me at Andrew Gerza, that's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A, and use the hashtag disabilityafterdark. Hello, hello, thank you so much for coming and clicking on episode 27 of Disability After Dark. This is an episode that I'm really excited to share with you. This one was, as I'm recording this, I just finished the interview with this person and this is probably one of my favorite interviews so far. So let me tell you a bit about it. I had the opportunity to interview somebody that I've been following in the disability rights community for, I want to say, probably realistically about two and a half years. They tweeted something that I had written about dating and disability probably about almost, I want to say almost three and a half years ago now. Almost three years, really, realistically. It was almost three Back in 2014, I wrote this piece about dating and disability, and they liked it, and I had been following them before then, and they, they liked my tweet and wrote about it in their, uh, in one of their their popular disability blog makeup things, you know, those listicles of blogs you do that are popular. So this, this interviewee of mine, which you'll hear in about in a minute, um, she uh, put together, put my blog in her list of awesome blogs and ever since then I was like oh my god I'm, I'm a giant fan because you somebody who does disability work and is a disability activist for real likes what I'm doing holy crap so we've been orbiting each other and knowing about each other for a while now um, and they actually host their own podcast they are a co-host of the Accessible Saw podcast which if you listened to episode 5 of Disability with Drew you would hear uh, her co-host Kyle Ketcher in on there talking about creating podcasts. So I've known about today's guests for a while, and I'm really, really, I'm just enamored with them. That they are somebody that I really look up to in the disability community. And then when I got to talk to them about the down and dirty of disability dating, it got <laughs> it got exciting and fun. The interview was just fun. The person I'm of course talking about is. Emily Ledow. She is a disability activist. She, where I found out about her initially was from her self-published and self, self-made self website, Words I Wheel By, where she talks about her disability experience. And she talks a lot about being a woman with disabilities um, and just her experience navigating the world as a woman with disabilities, um, which I think is is, we don't hear enough from women with disabilities. So I was glad to talk to her about that. Uh, a little bit as well throughout our interview, but that's pretty much where I initially heard of her. And then just looking up 
her bio in order to give it to you. She's done so much stuff. Let me let me read some to you. She has been listed as an expert on SheSource. She's been interviewed by NPR. She's been in the Washington Post. She's been in the Globe and Mail. She's been mentioned in BuzzFeed, HuffPost. She's been in Pop Sugar, Bitch Media, The Advocate. Not to mention, like I said, she hosts her own podcast called The Accessible Stall. She does a bunch of stuff with disability rights. She's very, she's extremely busy. But what I love about this interview and what I love about the way we talk in this interview is it's so relaxed. And the interview actually is just pretty much us having a gas with one another and just laughing with one another about the awkwardness of dating and disability. We talk a little bit about disability activism activism and ableism and all these things that occur to us in our lives. But it was really, because I know Emily as a, and I've known of her as a professionally disabled person, to have all that stripped away a little bit and just talk to her like normal about the trials and tribulations of trying to be a woman dating with a disability, it was just to hear her stories and to hear her embrace her disability awkwardness was really, really, really exciting. So without further ado, I don't want to blabber on anymore. I want you to hear the awesomeness of this interview. Here's my interview with disability activist Emily Liddell, right here on Disability After Dark. Emily, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Hey, what's up? I'm glad to be here. Hey, thanks so much for coming on Disability After Dark. I have been in love with everything you do for like the last two and a half years. Oh my god. <laughs> you wanna you wanna know the truth? I'm like sitting in my pajama shirt and leggings right now and I'm definitely not wearing a bra. And so when someone is like, Oh my god, I love what you do, I'm like, Yeah, I'm a slob. Thank you. <laughs> so awesome it's okay i'm in my sweats and an old t-shirt too so i get it <laughs> i'm not bringing any any sexy back today it's fine oh there's uh, there's no sexy there's no. there's sex talk but there's no sexy yeah well, we're gonna talk about sex a lot but actually not bring any of it to the table um <laughs> so i told everybody what you do because i love what you do and i pretty much spent a good two three minutes loving on you before we got to the interview but oh boy. What, right i know so much pressure. Why, why don't you uh, tell the audience kind of who you are and what it is that you do? So I'm a person. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Wow, really? <laughs> I mean, like, sometimes you have to remind people of that. So just thought I would get that out of the way. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, so I am a wheelchair user who became a disability rights activist um, I would say that particular journey started for me in college. Uh, I sort of came into my own with disability, although I was born with my disability, and I have you, used you have a chair PP? since third grade. CP? No, I do not have CP. I'm like the rest Whoa. of the freaking world. I, I'm sorry that I missed disability in you. No, you're fine. You're totally fine. It's so funny because everyone thinks I do. Um, but, and also, like, I hang out with a lot of people who have CP. And so everyone's just like, oh, yeah, she's one of them. And I fake it. Awesome. It's like this weird passing. You know, it's like you, <laughs> most people try to pass to be, like, not disabled. And I try to pass to have CP. 
It's crip passing. No, because I mean, you just, I mean, it's weird. Other people with CP, we look at each other and we go, yeah, you have CP. Like, if now that I know that you're, you're, podcast partner has cp i know that for sure he has cp and when i looked at you know when i've seen your photos online i, I look at you my, my first thought was oh yeah she's definitely got cp like, that's, <laughs> that's what it is so i apologize um so you've been no, more since no apologies necessary um but what i do have is a disability called larson syndrome which is a genetic joint and muscle disorder uh so my mother passed it on to me because she has the same disability that I do um and her younger brother has it as well so I'm I'm a rarity in the disability world (laughs) so it's like a it's like a it's like and do you just to go off on off on a strange tangent when I'm thinking about it is it like a weird family bonding thing you guys have with because you're experiencing disability kind of together um I don't know about my uncle so much because he takes a different approach to disability and has a different outlook on it. Um, you know, but obviously we can bond over commonalities and experiences. But my mom and I are best friends because everything is just like, oh, yeah, I'm having this problem being crippled. And she's like, oh, my God, yeah, me too. I love that you said crippled <laughs> because, I, I, because in most of your work, it's, you're very super professional. So to, to hear you... Say cripple, just warm my heart in like a thousand different ways. Oh, yeah. So, um, Emily IRL says cripple all the time. All the time. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, um, and it's not even like a state secret. It's just like when I'm trying to appeal to the masses or at least get them to listen to me, I feel like I want them to not pay attention to the fact that I just said crip and like listen to what i'm saying so i'm like picking my battles here but you know what i mean i feel like cripple though people have have called me a crip before and i've used the word crip in certain academic circles because it's more accepted but i feel personally i like cripple because it's so it's just there's something really final about the word cripple and it freaks people out and i love that i just like to play with it no it's really true and my mom like obviously grew up um pre-Americans with Disabilities Act and, like, before this whole disability pride thing was quite so widespread. Yeah. Um, but she told me, she tells me this all the time, and we were talking about it just yesterday, because she said something about the cripple spot being available in the parking lot, and we always get excited when we get one, because... Right. You know, never available. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, yeah, we got the cripple spot. And then she's like, Emily, you have changed my life. I would not have talked like this before, <laughs> you, like, before you came out of my uterus. So That's so awesome. I'm so glad that you and your mom can bond that way. Cause <laughs> my, mom and I, my mom and I bond that way but in a different way because she doesn't have a disability. We, you know, we have the mother-son thing. And teaching her about how to talk, how to talk with somebody with a disability for real versus what she's been been taught because it's all generational right so when when she was a kid the words special needs were whatever to use and when she was raising me that's what society used to denote disabled kids so she will always say special needs and my disability brain will go oh god don't say it but also i understand and appreciate why you're saying it but please don't say it yeah Um, i mean that's how i feel about a lot of people <laughs> but you yeah. know what i really i value effort over language choice when it comes down to it 
totally. I think if there's, if I understand the intention of why you're saying what you're saying, I get it. But I want to move away from all of our cool activist stuff, although it's, I love it. And I want to move into the sexier version of the sexier part of this podcast because <laughs> you have some. The reason why I really wanted you on this podcast and not Disability with Drew is because you posted something a couple of weeks ago on your Facebook about a date that you went on. And I can't remember the exact specifics, but I remember reading that and laughing my head off at me like, oh my God, I've talked to her about this. So can you, can before we talk about the story in particular, can you kind of share your general feelings on dating as a woman who's a wheelchair user? Ah, um... Dating is kind of just a long series of hot messes, and eventually you get it right. And then it goes back to being a hot mess, and then you get it right again. But mostly, it's a hot mess. (laughs) It would be how I sum it up. Because, like, seriously, um, having been actively in the dating world for... Well, at the moment, it's been for, like, four months, because I was in a, um, you know, steady relationship before that, but every time I go back into the dating world, I'm just like, I don't know why anybody does this to themselves. It's so exhausting, and I think (laughs) as a disabled person, as a cripple, there's so much more you have to contend with than the average person, and so just your post, like, your post, which I cannot wait till we get to, because there's so, like, I have... Feels about it. I just remember. I remember reading it, being like, "She's basically describing every date that I've ever gone on. That's me." Um, So why don't you? Why don't we start with that story, and then you can tell other hilarious dating gems that you have hidden away there. Oh, totally. So I will fill in the blanks on the the story that you're talking about. Um, I went to an open mic night with uh two friends of mine from college and you know we see each other we see each other every once in a while um but whenever we get together you know we have a good time we get a little silly so I was like in a good mood that night and my friend was performing at the open mic night so my other friend and I got a table on the front and we were like being his fangirls and just being totally chill and then all of a sudden um Another guy performing at the open mic night gets up onto, I want to call it a stage, but really it was just the front of the coffee shop. And he like looks right at me and there was this moment of recognition and he was like, Hey, I went to elementary school with you. And I was like, Oh yeah. And then, you know, I said like, Oh, your name is blah, blah, blah. Right. Not like I think he's going to listen to this podcast, but you never know with my luck. Um, You are kind of sure you're you're a big deal. (laughs) He knew you in kindergarten, so he could be following everything you do. Not even a little bit, like, at all. I know that for a fact. But he definitely recognized me, and I recognized him, and then I enjoyed him doing his thing. You know, he played the banjo, and it was pretty cool. Because I, like, obviously don't know a lot of people who play the banjo, but I have a soft spot for it because the guy who was my first kiss played the banjo. So... How old were you? And how I was eighteen. Eighteen. Amazing. The ba- the, ba- the, the <laughs> that's I mean that's a story in and of itself. I don't think I would ever forget if my first kiss was a banjo player. Yeah, he was he was adorable. Um, 
that went nowhere and lasted less than a week, but he was an adorable banjo player. Um, so anyway, back to banjo player bachelor number two. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) after his set was over, I thought it would be a wise idea to turn around and try to say hello and I guess chat him up a little bit. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. As you do, because, you know, you're trying to be all flirty. Again, I've, I've been there. We've all been there. Yeah, like, emphasis on trying. Not succeeding, just trying. Yeah, you're trying to find your way in, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and, you know, since he recognized me and I thought he was really cute, I was like, okay, maybe I have an in here. And so I turned around and started asking him, like, Where'd you disappear to after elementary school? And he was like, I graduated high school with you like eight years ago. And I was like, oh, I I totally forgot. But just kidding. Like, I totally knew that. And then um, I asked what his last name was. And I thought I had heard him say it earlier. And he was like, no, that's not my last name. That's my middle name. And I was like, all right, strike two, whatever. And then... I tried to, like, ask him about his band, and I was like, oh, I'd love to check out your band sometime. You know, like, total groupie. Yeah. Um, And he was really chill about it. He wrote the name of his band down on a scrap of paper for me, and, you know. Which I think in this day and age, when somebody doesn't use their phone and decides to use a scrap of paper, it's hot. Yeah, like, I totally agree. Part of me was like, write your number down, like, in my head, but obviously I didn't say that because i'm not smooth so i was I, might, just, I might have tried and been like write your number down <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no but actually please write it down please yeah. please uh yeah so then um he handed me this slip of paper and i just like threw it in my pocketbook and he uh said something about how he was gonna like get back to watching the person who was performing because we were kind of up in the front and he's not wrong like the way he said it kind of indicated we were being rude. Yeah. Um, which is true because someone was performing. So that shut me up pretty quickly. And I was like, okay, bye. Good to see you. And then I turn around and forgot that there was a giant table in front of me. The table at which I had been sitting for the last hour <laughs> and a half. And <sighs> proceeded to move forward. like, And the table went barreling forward with me. And just, like, while the person was performing, while the cute banjo player was looking at me, while my friends were cracking up, like... That's just, I mean... It was a disaster. I have so many stories similar to that. I remember there was one time that I was chatting up this guy at my college at this party, and I was at this party with him, and we're talking, and I'm totally into this guy, and we're flirting with each other. Or I thought we were. We weren't. I I was flirting with him because I flirt with everyone, and that's what we're doing. And so then um, he, I, I said, okay, bye, I'll see you later. And I walked my chair right into a door. Of course. And I, and of course, having spastic CP, I scared myself, which made me go spastic. And he was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just a huge dork. And now you think that I'm for sure disabled and can't even even roll out the door with, with like, any kind of stealth yeah i have learned that i have no stealth and that i just have to function 
as best I can, like completely stealthless. Yeah, I don't know what the word I was looking for was, but yeah. stealthless will work. Like completely obvious. I guess the opposite of stealth. Like I am just such an obvious human being. I cannot sneak into anything. No, ever. And I mean, we're both power wheelchair users. So even if I wanted to sneak into a place, you hear my chair going click, click. Hey, hey. like you definitely. Yes! Hear, oh my god. Yeah. Although, wouldn't it be great if your chair actually went click, click, hey? <laughs> yes. Yes, it would. <laughs> then I would not be mad at it. Maybe I need to make that my horn, because right now I have this really lame horn that's like, eh, and everyone's like, oh, whose car alarm is going off? And I'm like, no, that's my sign to get out of my way. Is there a person out there, anybody who does, who does like, who does whatever that is? What is the thing where you make things with electronics? Anyone who does electronic stuff. <laughs> that was a very technical term. Yeah, electronic stuff. That's the right, totally technical, totally correct term. If you can make us a horn that goes with our voices going click, click, hey. like <laughs> Sign me up. I want we, that. Actually, we should, talk to, we should talk to Kyle and get him to, do a, to record a voiceover. And just see if... <laughs> Kyle? Okay, let me tell you something about Kyle. So, he can do the Valley Girl voice like no other. Why have I not heard it? I should have asked him the other day when we were recording our episode to do the Valley... I didn't know, now that I know. I'm going to get in so much trouble for telling you that, but when we are, like, sassing each other, he'll call me a betch. <laughs> and it's really funny. <laughs> Betch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Kyle is a better valley girl than I am, and neither of us are valley girls, but I'm at least a girl. So That's surprising. Because <laughs> he has such a deep, like, hey, this is Kyle. Yeah. I'm podcast. Like, it's so funny when he, you can tell, like, when we were recording the other day uh, for Disability with Drew, he, you could hear him switch from, like, yeah, yeah, cool voice to, like, okay, we're recording voice. So funny, whereas my voice doesn't change at all. I'm just myself talking. He does do that. He does. But he has, he has like a sexy voice. And he knows I think this. I have made him read things to me for fun. I I told him this too. He knows. As we were recording, I was like, you realize that I'm going to be flirting with you for like the next (laughs) 35 minutes because your voice is hot, right? And he goes, oh, I I know. Like we, we recorded for my previous podcast which is now defunct but we when we were recording for that i just kept saying him like how am i not supposed to flirt with you like well i don't this is not fair so yeah. i get it uh story of my life man no um i shouldn't even say that because that's totally silly like people think that we flirt on the podcast but that's just our relationship i've heard you guys kind of i've heard, i've listened i listened to you the I, the last one i listened to was you guys and uh, Carrie Wade, which oh Carrie Wade, she's my favorite. I had her on my podcast too, and she yeah, I had she's her on cool. This one, she's just so great. And no, you guys definitely, you guys definitely have a flirty thing happening. Which yeah, makes... but I don't even think it's intentional. It's just how we interact. And the other thing that people should know is that he has this awesome girlfriend. So like every time people mistake us for for flirting, I'm like, um, allow me to tell you about Meg. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, allow me to tell you that actually, no. <laughs> so your dating experience is that story aside. You were you said you were in a long term 
relationship before you started the embarking on the dating world again. Yeah. Can you kind of share with us what that's been like? Because for a lot of people with disabilities, myself included, the whole idea of long-term dating is like a cool fantasy, but not something we ever really get the chance to consider. I realize it's going to make me sound like I suck, but I also feel like I have that fantasy despite having had two long-term relationships. It's like this internalized ableism. You just don't get over it. Yeah. But um, my first long-term relationship was with a guy who is also a wheelchair user. Um, And I had no intention of meeting anyone or dating anyone but I went to an alumni event for a summer camp that I used to go to when I was a kid and he was at the uh, same did event. You, did you go to Crip Camp? I, I went to it. Cripple Camp, yeah. Yes! <laughs> um so I went to my Cripple Camp reunion back in 2011 and he was at the reunion too. Uh, but we never went to the same camp session. So I only knew of him like tangentially. I had never met him before. Um, but I have still to this day, I've like never been so taken with anyone in my life. I have nothing to do with him now um, because we broke up. Uh, we started dating in August of 2011 and we broke up in October of 2013. So we dated for a little over two years, but you know, which in cripple time is like you know a century because like, it was for it was like forever. But, yeah. Um. Yeah. But as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh my god, he's gorgeous! Oh my god, he's a wheelchair user! I can't date a wheelchair user! Oh my god, he's gorgeous! Look at those eyes!" Like, I just had and, this internal conversation with myself. Yeah, and I'm curious, like, because I've I've had that internal conversation with myself every other day. That's basically the the crux of this podcast is me having internal conversations with myself about why <laughs> I can't do a thing. Uh, but did you feel like you couldn't, like when you had to talk with yourself about how you couldn't be with a wheelchair user, where, like, can you elaborate on to, like where that came from? What? Just like my own need to separate myself from my disability, which was like a residual thing from growing up and going to a mainstream public school and sort of being the only disabled person in the room a lot of times and trying to detract from it. Um, Isn't being the only disabled person in the room even now, even now that we're both like activists and we do this work and we like invite ourselves to be the only person in the room sometimes with a disability, it's still the weirdest thing that I ever have to encounter. Yeah, but you know what's even weirder? Tell me if you feel me on this. So... When it's you and one other disabled person in the room, and you're like, well, now everyone's very conscious of it because there's two of us. It's, yeah. And you never know which person's going to take point. Like, which cripple gets to speak first? Which cripple is more, is <laughs> is disabled enough to say the words that we're both like, which, which, one, which one of us is going to be the one to be the mouthpiece of whatever it is that the disabled people in the room think. That's what happens when there's more than, when there's only two. If there's a bunch of us, it doesn't matter. But if there's two, it's like, wow, okay, what do we do now? Yeah, I guess maybe it helped that I was literally surrounded by disabled people at this reunion event. But I specifically remember that I flirted so hard with him 
And then um, I was sitting next to a friend of mine and he was completely across the, it was the deck that we were sitting on and eating lunch. And he was sitting across the deck with the boys because of course, boys and girls don't sit together at camp because that would 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 be too progressive. That would like ruin the space time continuum of life. (laughs) So he was like sitting with the boys and I was sitting with the girls and I could tell that he was looking at me, which is not a feeling that I've ever experienced in a good way up until that point. Isn't that the hard... Okay, as a disabled person who loves being looked at by other people, <laughs> like, you've seen my stuff. You know what I put out there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much naked on the internet 95% <laughs> of my job. It's my junk out there on the internet. I don't mind being looked at. But I will agree with you, Emily, that it's so hard to be looked at in a positive way. And when someone starts looking at you that way, your disabled brain goes, are you looking at me in a weird, like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, it's so true. I was like, do I have hair sticking up? Like, did someone do I have put, a booger? Like, yeah, what, like, yeah. did someone write in Sharpie on my forehead and draw a picture of a dick and I just didn't realize it? <laughs> so, I mean, I honestly was not used to that sort of attention but anyway i was just being silly and like dancing to some like 90s rap song or whatever and he kept looking and then i was like all right i think he is looking at me in a good way so i'm gonna go up to him and try to like get his number or something and then i looked up again and he just disappeared he was gone that's something that i think that happens (laughs) to people with disabilities all the time when we encounter somebody we like they, I feel like we get ghosted in the weirdest ways, and this isn't technically ghosting, but it happened to me recently where I was talking to somebody on a dating app, because I'm on the apps all the time, because it's easier than going to a bar. Right, right. So, so I'm on the app talking to this guy, and we're chatting, and we're voice chatting. for like We voice chatted for like a good six hours the first night we started talking. Wow. Like, I really want really to get to know you. Like, So we were, we were really into each other, and then all of a sudden he disappeared, and I felt like all my ableism came right back <laughs> all my like fear of like you must not like me it must be because i'm in a chair even if and when i when i found out we, we just started talking again today he messaged me randomly and it wasn't to do with anything about that at all but my brain because we've been so conditioned to like assume we're not good enough even if it's fine our brains go to like this place that's like it must be your chair. It's so true. I mean, I've honestly been there so many times. Like, I think this was my major exception because I ended up finding this guy on Facebook the night after we met and proceeding to awkwardly find my way into getting his number. And then we ended up dating for two years. So, like, that Amazing. worked out okay. But yeah. I've definitely had the ghosting thing happen, too. And it's so, like, I, and it, it literally just resolved itself today. And I remember when he messaged me, I took a sigh of relief. And I was like, Andrew, you're an idiot. What are you sighing of relief for? Like, the guy, like, it doesn't just, just yeah. calm down. But it, it just shows how, like, quickly ableism can come. Even if we think we're doing great. And, like, I've convinced myself on many occasions that I don't need a guy. I'm totally fine. I don't need to date somebody. I'll be good single. No problem. And then the minute somebody says, I like you, I get all like, huh, what? You have feelings for me? Oh, wow. Like, you think I'm cute? I never get to, because it's because we never get to hear that stuff from people. So when right. we do, it like, our brains blow up for a minute because you never, 
These are things you never get to hear. Yeah. I find that a lot now that I've dipped my uh, toes back into the online dating world. That sometimes people will be great and sometimes they will just ghost you. And sometimes I have no idea if it has to do with my disability or with the fact that I just tend to have a very, like, big personality. And I think I let that come through, like, really quickly. Uh, so, I don't know. I struggle with that a lot. But um, my nature is flirty, but never, like, seductive flirty. Just, like... Awkward flirty? Yeah, I'm here, yeah. and I'm going to flirt with you, and you're going to like it. And it's going to be strange, and I'm going to ask you about cheese, and... <laughs> Fine, and that's our conversation piece. Yeah, I am the king of awkward awkward flirting and not really knowing how to do it. Because again, while there's no general handbook for flirting, there's a general consensus when someone's flirting with you. But I think, and it's funny because somebody asked me on Facebook to do an episode about flirting so we can kind of segue into that while we're talking because then I, then I have killed two birds with one stone. I am the worst flirter ever. I'm just bad at it. But I'm starting to own the fact that I'm really bad at it. And I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I just have to embrace that my flirting comes across as, like, this weird mix of charming and, like, did you really just say that? Did that really come out of your mouth? Awesome. So, like, what weird things when you, like, if you were to flirt with a guy right now, like, what would you, so you'd be like, hey. Oh, my God, I cannot reenact my flirting. Um... What I do? <laughs> well, it's different right now, you know, because a lot of it is the internet. So I feel like I spend time trying to come up with words, which is hard uh, when, when, for a writer. <laughs> yeah. And somebody wouldn't think it's hard because you're a writer and you do all this stuff. <laughs> but again, you're doing that stuff from a very, when you'd like, I understand the difference between, and I'm learning now as I talk to you, the difference between like professional Emily and like, flirty hanging out at home like awkward normal emily who's not putting on her like business face and that i find as a, as a professional and disabled person that can be so hard to like strip away your like professional i'm professionally disabled right now to go home and just be like hey i want to eat m&ms and cry to adele songs with you can we do that together like <laughs> um adele songs and i we we do have some cry sessions together right that's so real. Like, uh, also, I definitely remember after I broke up with um, my ex, the the one who was the wheelchair user, how I just listened to someone like you maybe like 87,000 times in a row. While, it is a like banging like breakups on those. Yeah, no, it really is. But I, I'm definitely the, the type of person who, when I go through any kind of heartbreak, like, I just make it worse for myself by playing yeah. all those songs. Because we, again, society <laughs> told us that we have to listen to that when we're sad or happy <laughs> or vengeful or have. <laughs> it's between as I'm dying of some sort of CP cough that I'm not sure what's happening. Just um, don't die. The CP is okay, but don't die. Yeah, well, it's, it's the, the, van, the revenge of the CP cough. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's like. You have Adele or you have Taylor Swift. If you're feeling kind of peppy and upset about the breakup, Taylor Swift's great. But if you want to just wallow, it's all about the Adele. 
I feel that. I actually think I'm more of a Taylor Swift of the person, and Kyle will definitely tell you, like, my my persona comes across as Taylor Swift, but when I'm like, woe is me, when I have my woe is me moments, I'm definitely Adele. I'm like, I am, I am those cliche stereotypes. Yeah, I'm also, I am, <laughs> I am like a 90s version of that, so it's so funny, because today... I was doing a bunch of stuff with doctors, which made me a little bit depressed because doctors and disability and I were not friends. So I had to go see the doctor for a thing. And I was walking home and I was totally rocking out to like 90s Alanis being like having emotions about this boy who was ghosting me. And I was like, you know, Alanis is the perfect album to feel like shit and to be okay with it and to belt it out down the street as you're walking back from the doctor. It's true. It's true. What song were you listening to? I I had a mix of like head over heels or head over feet, and then some you ought to know, and then just, and this person. It was so funny because again, this whole ghosting experience that I had just gone through, it wasn't even real. Nothing nothing had happened. The person hadn't actually ghosted me. They just had their own life to contend with. But again, because we as disabled people are so used to being disappointed, like that's something that I'm very painfully familiar with is how to be disappointed like constantly by somebody that I like or being the one that has to initiate stuff that's hard for me oh yeah I am a plus at being disappointed when it comes to dating but I find that I try to just (laughs) dust myself off and get back out there which leads to more disasters but that's okay well disasters are disasters make for a great blog like I love to see (laughs) I'd love to see one of your blogs be like, and I don't know, maybe there is, maybe I just haven't read it yet, but I'd love to see one of them just go from like rooted in rights to like, let's talk about dating for a second, guys. <laughs> Boom. I like, really want to do that all the time, but I feel like I have to keep up this persona where like nobody wants to know about my dating fails. Like I was, you know, there was a guy in my life who I was like, sort of interested in having a fling with and we tried but we're both disabled and it kind of was horribly ridiculous and Isn't it the hardest when you're both crippled and you're oh like god i want i mean i've been there i've been there yeah. like many times but you know it's it's just like because you have to learn a different person's body restrictions and limitations and what they can and can't do and then account for your own yeah it's always an interesting adventure yeah, and you have to account not not only for their their particular body restrictions, but also because like they might. In my case, I have attending care workers. I have all these things that I require on top of just my disability. So like getting to know that person and getting to know what the reality is. When generally you just want to fuck. Like I might not I might not want to be your best friend after we have sex. I might want to just do things to your body and say thanks for that. Bye. But because I'm disabled, I have to, like, let you in to a place that isn't necessarily always what I want to. Right. Do you ever feel like that's something that you kind of have to contend with? Um, I think the the big thing that I have to contend with is, like, I'm not always super comfortable with my body. And then I have to let someone else be comfortable with my body. And I struggle with that mightily because, you know, here I am, like, don't look at me. Don't breathe in my direction. And then, but also you're, like, with the person, so what are they supposed to do? Yeah, they, and so, and so like, <laughs> is your disability, do you have mobility where you can, like, get out of your chair yourself? And Yes, yeah. 
see i don't see i don't have that uh, that 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 ability so i have to say to my partner hey so like as we're making out would you lift me from my from would you be able to lift me from my chair to the bed so so the idea of dating another disabled person is i have no problem with the idea of it the reality for me is like i want to but how are you gonna do this well i gotta tell you this though my ex um the one who i've done most of the talking about tonight so he despite um like also having to operate his own wheelchair at all times and he used a manual wheelchair so i used to also use my manual wheelchair for the sake of keeping up with him yeah um and like trying to feel less lazy which is also internalized ableism but what are you gonna do and to make Um, it look like a sexy you know the sexy couple with in the manual (laughs) chairs he like was so strong that he could push himself and me up a ramp at the same time what yeah that's not an exaggeration so he would push himself and i would be in front of him and he would hold on to my chair and he would push himself with one hand grab my chair move it forward push himself with the other hand grab my chair and move it forward and that is how we would get up steep inclines because i didn't have as much ability to get myself up inclines as he did that is some mad skill and that's kind of cute in like a dainty sort of way oh it was adorable it was one of my absolute favorite things about him was i never had to worry about a ramp because he somehow could always push me up it. He would and just, yeah. Yeah, he he was buff. Like, don't... That's the one thing. I wish people would not automatically make assumptions about wheelchair users. Because some of us, like me, are weaklings. And then there are some of us who are buff. So I wish that people would just ask us instead of assuming. Yeah. That was a tangent, but... I like the tangent. I'm going to go off on it with you. I am, I am in the middle of like, I'm kind of a weakling, um, but I'm also kind of strong in certain, like my upper body. I have good upper body strength, but I also can't move myself at all. And I also have rods in my spine for like, thanks scoliosis. So I have all that happening. Um, and so I have a nice like muscle definition, but then I also have a disability belly. So people don't really know how to... Like, it's so funny, the doctor today was like, well, I think you're a bit overweight. And I was like, oh, you mean my cookie pouch of emotions where I keep all my feelings? <laughs> no. <laughs> my stomach is where all my weight settles. And I know that it's a product of my sitting, like that my weight just like all collects in where my stomach meets my legs. But yeah. Oh, my God. I understand. I understand. And, you know, as a as a queer man. There is a there's a miscon there's a expectation that we are supposed to look and act a certain very, I, in a, with a certain aesthetic. So because I don't, that's why I've adopted the bear in a chair hashtag now is what I'm using as part of my brand because I think you know in the queer community there's an idea that like bears are bigger, burlier guys who have a bit of weight right. on them, and I just think it's funny because like. I'm trying to own that, and that's part of the way that I... And that's, again, that's a lot of why I do a lot of my naked photos is because I want to say, like, yeah, this is my body, and it's not perfect, and it's got things going on with it, and it's curved and crippled, and all these things are happening to it, but here it is, and if you want a taste of it, like, here it is. 
Yeah, I thought the bear in a chair thing was cool when I saw that. And also, um, I, I like that you have sort of taken that on as your aesthetic. I mean, I don't think I have, like, a, a cool aesthetic that rhymes and can be turned into an awesome illustration. I'm basically just, like, disability awkward. That's my aesthetic. We, I mean, there's an, there's an, <laughs> there is an aesthetic right there. And actually, the artist who did Bear in a Chair, I was talking with Kyle, and I'm hoping they connected because he was saying that for your podcast, he wants to get the artist that did the bear in a chair for me to do a drawing of you and him. And I was like, yes, please. That's amazing because it would look great. But I think the awkward, I think you should do a thing where you're like the awkward, awkwardly dating the disabled girl. Like there's something funny about that that I think you could totally play with. Yeah. I mean, that would be like my alternate internet persona would be like, disability awkward dating stories with Emily. I don't know. I could definitely come up with something better. So I get like a zero on effort right now. But you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I see a podcast like coming. I, just, <laughs> I see a, a, a an offshoot of the, the accessible stall. Oh yeah. Cause I need another project. Yeah. Cause you're doing so, you're doing so much already. I, don't know, <laughs> I have this weird cold. It's like, almost going away but it's not really going away so anybody who's listening to me being like what's wrong with Andrew's voice that's what's wrong uh but yeah you're the worst right but they do give you a sexy like hey like i could do oh, i just sound nasally all the time so i never sound cute when i have a cold it's all good nasally well nasally can be hot nasally <laughs> is a, a thing that people are into um so yeah i mean you should totally do awkward disabled girl like they're I could just, I could, I already see like the branding in my head for how perfect that is because, because how many, like it's becoming more and more. But even, I think even in the disabled community, when we talk about beauty and we talk about women, especially, they are also held to a really unrealistic standard, even within the disabled community. Do you find that that's something you've encountered? Okay, wait, say that again. I want to make sure I'm following. Right. So, yeah, it was a bit, Again, I went off in a bit of like. Five no, it's okay. It's totally yeah. okay. So what I would, <laughs> so do disabled women, just disabled women, are also held to a really weird aesthetic standard in terms of beauty. Like when we look at disabled women in the media, when they do deign to show them in the media, we look at very particular um, images of women with disabilities. Do you think that that's a problem, and do you think that there needs to be a different kind of aesthetic for disabled women yeah i mean assuming that i'm definitely following what you're saying um for me the thing is like do you remember uh when the show push girls was a thing yep so there's that and then there's like the ugly disabled girl and i've yet to find the really good in between in mainstream media right yeah i agree like there's the woman who did the picture with herself wearing her leg bag and her laundry, which I, and I love that photo. That's a great photo. But the, my issue with that is that most disabled women, unfortunately, don't have the, don't, aren't able to look like that just because of life circumstance and given the, the wide range of disabilities that we have. And I think when we look at, and I'm going off on like five different changes here because I'm having all these ideas <laughs> at once. But um, when we look at the disabled aesthetic, we forget that like, Disability doesn't always mean paralysis. This is what right. I think people in like 
the media forget when we talk about disability. My issue with Push Girls wasn't that they had women with disabilities in the media. I thought that was really important, and I thought the characters, well, all equally annoying in their own different own sort of ways. <laughs> they just were, because that's how those films are, that's how those shows are cut. Yeah. To make the person look really super annoying. So while I was annoyed by the way that they were portrayed, I was also annoyed that, like, every person was telling the same story in the sense of, like, you were once normal and now you're paralyzed and now we have to watch you struggle through those moments together. It would have been really great to see a disabled woman who was like, hey, I was born with CPR. I was born with this disability. And oh, my God. Do you know, like, how many times I went off on that rant? Let's go off on the rant to get let go oh, off on it. Yes, let's, let's let's go gallivanting together on this rant because I feel this so hard. So basically, I feel like I never see myself reflected back in me in media because it's always like the she was injured and now she's navigating life as a disabled woman and look how great her life still is even yeah. though she's disabled. And for me, I'm like I was always disabled. Like I'm over here being disability fabulous every day of my life and you're over there not representing me at all and it's so sad like where's my dot where's my film crew following me around to to do and also speaking of film crews why haven't why hasn't somebody been like hey emily can we make a documentary about how awesome you are because (laughs) nobody wants to see my real life but i want to see your real life i'd watch that do you want to know what my life is? It is me stumbling around awkwardly, saying awkward things and doing awkward things and making bad jokes and like hanging out with people and making more bad jokes. So basically what you're saying is you're the Liz Lemon of the disabled community. Oh my God, I love 30 Rock. Yeah! <laughs> I just finished it for the third time. Liz Lemon is my hero. Um, Tina Fey's awesome but yeah back to our crazy tale like i just don't think there is enough women with disabilities or people with disabilities generally who are represented who have congenital disabilities and that's a problem i think that hollywood and the media generally has a big issue and is scared of the idea that somebody could be born disabled and not really be not really have a problem with being born disabled yeah i <sighs> I just wish that, and it doesn't need to be me, like it really doesn't need to be me, that someone like me would it be on TV. Be because, it doesn't need to be me. Although, you know what You know what I would be down with? If someone wanted to make a documentary of my parents and I, like I know how incredibly nerdy that sounds, but my parents and I have the most ridiculous dynamic, especially because my mom is also disabled. So the when the three of us go somewhere, we're a circus. That's, I mean, that sounds, it sounds like something TLC should totally get on. I kind of feel like that. I have a love-hate relationship with TLC, though. Yeah, I also, you know, the stuff, the stuff they're putting out post-Trump election, I have such problems with the stuff I've, and I don't even have TLC anymore, but I see it on the internet, and I see people posting the, like, and in the fall, this show's gonna be on, and I'm just like, oh no, TLC, like, don't you see how what you're putting out is a problem? Like, I know. I struggle with that a lot because on the one hand, I feel like some of their shows were great for realistic disability representation. Yeah. 
on the other hand, I was struggling because it was always like everything is so happy or so sad yeah. and never the in-between. Like, do you remember Little People, Big World? Do you remember oh, that show? Oh, for sure. I met um, the guy, Matt Roloff, who was the dad, who's the dad because yeah. he came to speak at my college. Was he what I was we what I'm imagining, which is like this weird curmudgeonly man who Um He you know what? I interviewed him for my senior honors thesis. Um, because he came in the beginning of my senior year and I was just sort of feeling my way through what my thesis was gonna be about. And it ended up being about romance, sex and disability. Wow, let's talk about your thesis first. <laughs> um, but so I interviewed him when I was first trying to figure out how I was going to tie all that into the media. Yeah. And was he like a cool interview or was he like... No, it was actually pretty informative. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, as much as one can enjoy talking to a random dad from a TV show. Yeah, because I remember what, my friend and I used to sit in my dorm room in like Ottawa, Canada and watch that show and go... This dad's a dork. Like this whole family, this like this family is so weird. But we're we're like invested because here is some semblance of disability representation on t- on TV. And I, I, I got and I I'm also surprised that you, given all the stuff you do, first of all you have a Twitter blue check mark. So in my mind you're a celebrity. <laughs> you, know, you have a Twitter check, which makes you like eons of celebrity. I am surprised that like somebody in New York hasn't properly approached you and been like, so you're awesome. Why can't we do a thing with you? Like I could see it being such an important documentary because the stuff you do is juxtaposed with how awkward you say you are. So like I could just see it being really important that way, but also hilarious because like there's Emily in her like power suit and then there she is. (laughs) I've never worn a power suit in my life. What could you please wear one at least one time? I will wear a power suit, take a picture for you. It'll be my future album cover. (laughs) What would we, what what would your romantic sex album be called? My romantic sex album? Um, oh my God. Okay, I'm going to come up with an answer to this like five years from now and call you. I mean, I'm so ready. Because literally, I can't think of this on the spot, but I want it to be good. Um, it's, I'm, I'm just, I'm, because I'm picturing you in the power suit, and for some okay, reason... maybe if I have this visual, it'll help me. Go ahead. Yeah, so you in a power suit, and it's like bright, it's bright purple with shoulder pads and like 80s hair. I don't know why it's late. 80s but, hair? Oh my god. But 80s hair, that's what I'm picturing. Is like you basically in basically like the the first disabled female woman president of the United States is what I'm thinking. <laughs> with eighties hair. Yeah, with like Hillary Clinton, like early nineties, eighties hair. But that's you because you realize that that's gonna happen. You realize that like when everybody else bombs out and and Michelle Obama decides not to run and tells the world officially, they're gonna be coming to look for someone else, and we're all gonna be like, so Emily's over here being cool. You flatter me. Flattery will get you everywhere. And is it working? It's working. It's working. Good. I'm not a man or gay, but it's working. (laughs) I'm a a queer man. I learned flattery is like what you learn on day one when you like the queer handbook is like flatter everyone and they'll all love you. And it's great. I'm a big proponent of giving compliments. 
it's um, it you know, really feels good it's not for me but like it just it's nice to give people compliments. yeah and because i think as disabled people again we don't hear genuine compliments a lot definitely you're like oh good for you for being alive but like what about just regular compliments oh my god um not to derail the compliments conversation, but I just have to tell you. So you were talking about the whole like me being in a sex power suit. So really, I should just be in like latex. <laughs> um, I'm allergic to latex, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I did a photo shoot a couple of years ago for a thing called Raw Beauty Project. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so much fun, but I was like doing a sexy pose. In the middle of a park in New York City. Amazing. And feeling hella awkward. Like, I was trying to look, like, sultry and seductive and, like, <laughs> come and get me and take my clothes off. And I'm in the middle of public and I'm like, wait, I'm disabled. I'm not supposed to look like this. And also, and to, to make the sultry face as a disabled person, as somebody with CP whose muscles constantly contract in weird ways... When I am trying, and I've I've done photo shoots where they're like, Andrew, look like you're look like you're sexy, and it's like, how the fuck do I do that? I don't know how to do that. My body's not gonna let me do that, but I'll try. And you you just yep. end, end up looking like I can just picture you in the in the park in New York City. Was it like was it Central Park or was it like just a park? Um, so it's called the High Line. It's like a an old train track that's above Manhattan that was turned into a park and it's beautiful and a scary sort of no 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 it's like one of the most heavily trafficked places in New York City like people are there all the time amazing it's beautiful it's beautiful like it's my favorite place um one of my favorite places in New York City but you know I also for some ridiculous reason picked the most populated like park ever to go make come hitter faces at random strangers. I think I'm gonna have to. Th- I'm gonna have to now look up on Google that picture and <laughs> possibly use that picture as the opening for this podcast because that's hilarious. I think I look pretty tame in the one that we ended up going with publicly, but like keep in mind that what you did not see from the fun, like the final product, was. Um, the photographer had me, like, sprawled out on a bench, like, laying on my back, like, all sexy-like, except that I cannot be sexy when I'm laying on my back. I just kind of look like a turtle who got turned over. Oh, my God! You know what? That's funny because it's funny because I, in my in my world, when I talk about my sex pose, because I only have one, when I talk about my sex pose to people, I refer to it as the dead turtle pose. <laughs> Fact, yeah, no, that's really yeah, real. Yeah, the fact that you you also have the same dead turtle bows just makes me literally the happiest person in the history of the world. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if maybe we're like two different dead turtles, but I feel like we can be dead turtles together. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think that being sexy dead turtle that 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 could be your album cover titled sexy dead turtle oh my god there you go in my latex power suit that's (laughs) gonna cause me to go into an allergic reaction so really i'm just gonna be dying while trying or or what about teenage mutant sex turtle (laughs) i never watched tmnt actually what 
I know, I'm sorry. I feel like you just lost 10 nerd points, but you gained them back because I picture you on a bench sprawl out <laughs> in a park. I'm a terrible nerd. I really am. I really, I like, I actually want to be more nerdy. I've never heard anyone say that in my life except for me, but I really wish it was true. I can help with that. And I think <laughs> I now have to decide the title of this podcast. Am I going to call it Sexy Turtle Power Suit? This, I have to like sit. I, I have a couple uh, weeks before it comes out, but I have to sit and think about like what's going to be hilarious because too many good things. Um, but I think for your flirting, I mean, if this is if this is how you flirt awkwardly with, and strange, I think that people should be knocking down your door. Can you go find someone to knock down my door, please? Bring me to New York, and <laughs> as a queer cripple guy in New York, I would find you. The, <sighs> we would have the best. Uh, the fact that okay. Here's what I propose. I'm going to get a talk out there and at some point because because I just will. And so you, me, and Kyle have to, we should just ha- spend a day and just be ridiculous. I'm into it. Are you going to come to New York anytime soon? I will, I am trying. I'm having some weird CP health stuff happening to me right I now. I feel you. Once that's been res- like oddly resolved and once I can start like properly doing my job again, uh, then to- I would love to go to New York. But, you know, traveling with to do sex talks around disability is also traveling with a disability, and it's hard. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. Traveling in general is just a pain, and I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, because you're a superstar. Uh, um, because I have to work. Right? Yes. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally there with you. And, I mean, when you create, like I was telling Kaya when we had our podcast, we were talking about you know, creating your own content and working for yourself. Like, I don't know if you, for you, is it, do you work by yourself or is it, do you work for like an organization or do you? Um, I work at home, but I work for, well, I have like four separate things that I do. So my main full-time gig is with a company that's um, based out of another state. So I work from home and go visit them every once in a while and then I work for three nonprofit organizations as clients, so I keep busy. Yeah, wow, you 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 have you don't have any time to like properly meet a, a gentleman and go dating because you're so busy when you're turtle sexy power suit trying to what date. What is time? And you know what? I didn't even tell you my most recent awkward dating story. We talked for an hour without my awkward dating story. I am so ready. I am the boss of this podcast, so you can tell this story. Right <laughs> <to figure it. laughs> so I just went on a date last week with a really sweet guy, um, and it was our second date. And I had told him that I really wanted to go to like a paint night thing, you know, where you go and you paint the pictures together and drink alcohol and whatever yeah so i said that i wanted to go to a paint night so we agreed to meet at the place where the paint night was happening and i did my homework beforehand to try to find a place that was wheelchair accessible of course. and i thought that i had succeeded but as i'm getting out of the taxi and going to meet him he texts me and he's like this place has stairs and I was like, oh, can you just check if they have an elevator? And he was like, this place has no elevator. And then I was like, um, I don't know what to do right now. Do you want to, like, still eat here? I mean, what do you want to do? Yeah. Um, and he was, like, a sport about it. And we ended up eating 
at the restaurant. But the awkward part was that the whole night I was mortified because the waitress put us at the table that was right underneath the open section with the stairs where the paint eye was going on. So the entire night, we heard everyone else having fun while uh, we were trying to have a romantic dinner. So that's just, like, sad awkward. So awkward because, like, there's nothing you can do and it's New York, right? So, like, any kind of accessibility. And I've been to, and it's gotten better since I was last there, I'm sure. I was there about 10 years ago and my best friend and I went for a trip to New York. And my very first time in Manhattan, I just fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God, this is New York, what? And so I got there. We got there to Manhattan about 12 at night after our flights from Toronto, or from Ottawa, actually, is where it was. And so we get there, and we had to go up a brownstone to stay in this hostel. The hostel was not accessible, of course, because it's a hostel. And I did, my, I did my homework, and I was like, so we get there. My friend had to drag a piece of plywood up from the bowels of New York City. And like it was like I had to drive up this. And I was like, what? I'm going to die? No way, I can't. And so we get in there. And the room is occupied by these two people. We're just like, oh, oh. Right. Oh, no. And there's no room for my chair. So we had to stay there all night. And then we ended up in New Jersey because New Jersey's where all the accessibility was, apparently. So I, <laughs> I love New York, but I fully understand the like, trials and tribulations of trying to date somebody in New York and having to hear. It's the worst when like you're doing a group. That's why I don't do group dating things because I'm just like, I, I also need help to eat sometimes. And so part of my foreplay is like, hey, want to shove meat in my mouth, person that I'm dating? <laughs> and so it's awkward to do that on a group dating thing. So like, did you guys eventually, like, are you guys going to hang out again or was it just too awkward? Um, I think there's going to be a third date. I don't entirely know. I was definitely, like, bummed, but I realized that it was not my fault. <laughs> the universe being like, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah it's totally not your fault so i you i could talk to you for three hours but then the pockets will go on forever so i want to I, I want you i want to ask you before we, we're done what what about sexuality and disability um do you want people to know from your experience and what the 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 motto of this podcast is like what the motto of this podcast is, is what uh what do we need to shine a light around sex and disability. So if you were to shine a big bright light on an aspect of sex and disability for you, what would it be? Hmm. I love how we're having like a fun conversation and then I have to give you a serious takeaway. Or, or it can be a funny takeaway. No, no, no. Um, I, I do think it's worth being serious for a minute. Um, okay. Theory-ish. We can be theory-ish together. Theory-ish. I like it. So my priority when it comes to talking about sex and disability is to remove the taboo from it and not make it such an uncomfortable conversation. So the way that we were just talking now, I would like that to be the way that I'm able to talk to other people about sex and disability. And obviously, like, I'm not just going to go up to a random person on the street and be like, I need to talk to you about my sex life. <laughs> Please <laughs> but, do that. Please do I that. mean, I might. Don't put it past me. But... Yeah. I wish I that could, I could, it was, like, oh go ahead 
Emily on the street, you know, Billy on the street. I could oh, see freaking you like, love Billy on the street. I could see you running around Manhattan with, with, with <laughs> Billy Eichner being like, oh my God, this disabled girl wants to talk to you about her sex life. What do you think? For a dollar, would you fuck her? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. For a dollar, would you talk to me about sex? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Billy Eichner, if you're listening, I'm going to tweet you after this, Billy Eichner, and we're going to see if maybe we can make this happen. I love Billy Eichner. Billy, I'm not sure why I laugh at Billy on the street, but I laugh every time. It's so funny. Every time. Can you imagine? First of all, he couldn't pull you by the hand like he does all his other celebrities because you're in your chair. So it would be interesting to watch Billy Eichner's character of Billy try to navigate like bringing a disabled person along with him across in the streets of New York. You know but, what I can envision that he would try to like take over my wheelchair. I could also, and I like him, so I feel like we should both <laughs> feel like we should both tweet him and be like, "So Billy, we had a thought. Let's do this together." It would <laughs> just be so funny. Um, but sorry, you were saying something serious, and I totally um, no. I pretty much got out everything I was gonna say. I just wish that. I could have real conversations with more people. That's pretty much it. Real conversations. And conversations that don't begin and end with, how do you have sex? Like that's Right? Yeah. I want to go, and that's why I do this podcast, because there's so much more to it, as we've seen over the last hour, than just, how do you have sex? Like there's so, there's a deeper conversation that people need to have, Mm -hmm. and they're not having it. And that's just unfortunate, because we all want to have it. And we're just waiting for somebody to give us an outlet. But the cool thing about what we do is that, with your activism work and my activism work and Kyle's activism work, we've had to create it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something really, I think, really powerful about that is that nobody is waiting for us to to give them the same... Like the trouble when I do interviews around sex and disability, and I've done a few, uh, I've done a few written and a few like on camera and stuff, they always ask you the same questions. <laughs> the same, like, how do you have sex and what's your experience of having sex and being disabled? And it's like don't you want to get to like the deeper stuff? And so I always try to tell the interviewer, even when I'm like writing the response out, it's like, wait, there's so much more than that. And let me give you a paragraph on why what you asked me is like redundant. And I get why you're asking me that because the, the general population doesn't know, but wouldn't it be cool if I told them the rest of the story? Right. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, I agree completely. So you're a superstar and everybody should know how to get a hold of you. <laughs> um, and how, so... If somebody wanted to look up your blogs or look up your work or tweet you or tweet you and Billy Eichner together, which I might do right after this, to, <laughs> uh, how would they do that? So you can call me, tweet me if you want to reach me. Um, please, someone get my Kim Possible reference. Someone. <laughs> someone get my Kim Possible reference. I got it. I got it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I can be reached. On Twitter, it's at Emily underscore Ladau, uh, L-A-D-A-U. And you can find me at my website, which is wordsiwheelby.com. So good. Like, such awesome branding. Thanks. My mom came up with the name. That's so much cuter now that I know that. It makes so much sense now. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's that. Um, I have a Facebook of the same name, Words I Wheel By. Um, yeah, I mean, hit me up. Come at me. HMU, bitches. If you're cute, bonus points for real. 
I'm pretty cute. I'll hit you up anything. <laughs> uh, Emily, I could talk to you forever. You're just so awesome. And this is going to be a great episode. Likewise. So I'm so glad we finally connected. You and I connected two years ago from when I wrote that article and you tweeted. And I was like, oh, the person that I love just tweeted my thing. What? Amazing. <laughs> so I'm glad that it came out. It came full circle. And I'm really glad. Yeah, no, the internet brings people together. The right? And the crip community, the cripple community needs to come together and i'm glad that we got to do this so for sure you're one of my favorite people and thank you so much back at you thank you for having me anytime i'm gonna have you on again for sure okay after you and billy talk about you and sex running down the street (laughs) um i'm bringing you along if that happens yes please please emily you're the best i loved having you thanks so much You see, I told you that we would go off on a number of different tangents. I can't even get to tell you. What I love also during the interview was when we mentioned that we both were dead turtles at different points and how she basically talked about how she looks like a dead turtle by herself. I That's when I knew that Emily and I would be friends forever because I was like, you get that. And that, that came to your brain without any like prompting and you may not have known that I also called myself that. So I was immediately like, we're best friends. Also... The idea of her in a sexy pantsuit on a CD cover, it was just so fun. The whole interview was just fun, and we talked, you know, we talked around representation of women in the media and representation of women with Emily's body as a disabled woman, and there was so much stuff that we got to in the interview that I am just so glad that we got to speak, and I'm glad that she was able to share her level of awkwardness and show that even though she's a professional disabled person, it can sometimes hard being a It can be sometimes hard to be a personally disabled person, even though we are professionally disabled. And that's kind of what I what I gleaned from this interview with her is that it's okay to be an awkward cripple in the dating scene. And I'm going to embrace if you haven't guessed that I do that already, I'm going to embrace it more. Thanks to Emily. So thanks, Emily, for that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark. The podcast shine a bright light on sex and disability. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, read my blogs, or book me to bring sex and disability to you, head over to www.andrewgerza.com. This episode of Disability After Dark is a handmade piece of crippled content created just for you. We record, edit, and produce each piece of this show to bring disability to you in a fresh, exciting, and sexy way. Help us create more episodes and support crippled content creation by heading over to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash andrewgerza, and pledge if you can. Your monthly pledge goes towards things like audio equipment, podcast hosting subscriptions, and everything we need to bring this disability-centered program to you. By pledging your support, you're showing that disability content has value, means something, and deserves a place in our media landscape. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Copyright Notice This program was created and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and the music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability.